Welcome to the Practice Impossible Podcast, where your host, Jude Pierre, MD, also known as Coach JPMD, discusses medical practice topics that will guide you through the maze that is the business of medicine and teach you how to increase profits and help populations live long. Your mission, should you choose to accept, is to listen and be transformed. Now, here's your host, Coach JPMD. Thank you so much for listening to the Practice Impossible Podcast with me, your host, Coach JPMD. And uh, I wanted to thank you and also remind you to leave a feedback if you haven't done so. If you can pause this episode right now and uh, just leave me a review, let me know what you think about the podcast, and let me know what topics you would like to hear from uh, or hear about in the, in the future. It really would help me understand how I can provide even more value to you. So today's episode is a, is a different episode, and, and it's somewhat of a... Uh, podcast book review, which I'm not even sure if that's a thing, but I'm making it a thing this time. So as you know, my mission is to help populations live long by increasing physician awareness of spiritual, mental, and physical health globally. And this is something that's been um, dear to my heart, uh, knowing that uh, physicians struggle and we all struggle with uh, different stresses and especially during the COVID times. And uh, one of the things that we can do to help our patients is to really help ourselves first. And how do we do that? Well, we, we learn, we, we go to school, we read books, we talk to other people. And I talk about that in uh, episode one, where there are seven different areas of our lives that we can improve on to really help ourselves, help our patients even, even more. And one of the things that over the past couple of years I've been researching and looking into was, and is uh, life expectancy tables around the world. And if you look at life expectancy, you would think, the United States actually ranks number one or number five in the world as far as uh, life expectancy is concerned. And it was to my surprise, probably about 10 years ago, I uh, did the research and looked online. And uh, currently there's a website called uh, the worldometers.info. That's www.worldometers.info. And I'll leave the, the URL in the show notes. But it pretty much gathers data around the world from around the world. And the data is similar to the data that's at the World Health Organization. And the United States actually ranks number 46 in the world in terms of life expectancy. So an average person in the United States actually is expected to live 79.11 years. That's pretty bad. So you might wonder, okay, who's living the longest in the world? Well, people who live in Hong Kong, Japan, Macau. I had to look that one up, by the way. Macau is actually a territory in China that was actually owned by the Portuguese at one point. That's all the story. So, uh, you know, that's the top three. And I'll, I'll list out the top 10 on this list. Switzerland, number four. Singapore, number five. Italy, number six. Spain, Australia, number eight. Channel Islands in the English Channel and Iceland. So that's the top 10 countries in the world that have the highest life expectancy with Hong Kong being number one, with a life expectancy for both sexes at 85.29. Now, if that doesn't give you some pause, I'm not sure what will, because here we are in the richest country in the world, the most powerful nation in the world, ranking number 46 in life expectancy table. So when I learned that, I actually started to do some research on what are the countries doing that that make us different. And I came across the Blue Zone Solutions, uh, or the Blue Zones, and there's a book called The Blue Zone Solutions, written by Dan Butner, 
that I wanted to kind of highlight or give you some highlights or the cliff notes of the book. It's a great book. I've been uh, telling patients uh, or suggesting that patients read this book because it gives such insight on what countries or where people live the longest and what they do in those regions. So essentially, it's a research compilation of countries where their people lived to be older than 100, more than the rest of the world. So the highest concentration of centenarians in the world. And what were the those countries? Well, well Icaria, Greece, Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, the Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist community in Loma Linda, California, which was the only blue zone in the United States, and Nicoya Peninsula, I think it's Nicoya Peninsula in um, Costa Rica. So those were the five blue zones that uh, Dan Buettner and his colleagues and his researchers found. And, and what they did was they went to these areas and they detailed what were some of the characteristics of all of those areas that had the centenarians and how common were those characteristics in other areas where they had high levels or high concentration of centenarians. And what they came up with was uh, the power nine, the nine things that that were common in all of those regions. And I'm just going to list them out. I encourage you to read the book. I actually read the book and then did an audio book. And now I'm just going back and doing some research just because it, it's so impactful to what I've been doing over the past couple of years in my life and what I think you can help your patients do to help them live long. The one thing that they found was that people who lived the longest moved naturally, meaning that they didn't go to the gym, they didn't have treadmills, and they didn't have steppers. They just moved naturally. They walked to the markets, they walked up hills, they gardened, so they moved naturally. They had a purpose. This is the second thing that, you know, they, they didn't live life not knowing what they wanted to do. They all had a purpose that was bigger than what they were doing in their profession. And that, I believe the researchers said that that was worth up to seven years of extra life expectancy. So when you have a purpose, when you have a vision of what you want to do beyond what your uh, work life is, that helps you live long. The third thing was that they downshifted. And downshifting meant different things in different areas. Some people take naps in the afternoon. Some had um, wine in the afternoon. Some hung out with family or friends. And that's something that I remember doing growing up in Haiti, where, you know, in in the afternoons, we, we took naps sometimes. We call them siestas. I don't know if they have that in, in Latin American countries, but it's something that, that was done routinely, particularly on the weekends. But I remember my parents would come home early from work and uh, they would just nap in the afternoons. And that was something that was very common. The fourth thing that they described uh, in, in the book was the 80%, what they call the 80% rule. And uh, in one area, they developed habit when they're, they were eating to stop eating when they were 80% full. And what that does, does is it helps their brains catch up to where their stomachs are and helps them not overeat. And that's something I found very interesting because, you know, I, I eat until I'm really full. But if you eat slower and you let the food kind of digest, you tend to realize that you don't have to eat as much as you do. And 
And there's a saying that they, they use in the book that the Okinawans use as harab, harahachubu. Harahachubu means it's a, a mantra that's said before meals that reminds people to stop when they're 80% full. So that was something I learned. That's pretty interesting. There's plant slant is what they call it. Number five, where they eat mainly legumes and plant-based diets. So that includes beans, which was very common in all of the regions, as well as uh, soy, lentil. Uh, those are somewhat, uh, those were like the cornerstones of the diets. And that's not to say that they didn't eat any meat, but um, it, there was definitely a plant slant. Number six was that they drank wine. So in all of the blue zones, and even some of the Adventists, uh, they drank one to two glasses of wine daily. And uh, I think most of the wines that they, they speak about in the book are red wines, which uh, has the resveratrols, uh, which helps promote good memory and cellular function. So that's interesting. The seventh thing that they talked about was uh, the right tribe. The Okinawas call their tribes the Moais, and uh, that's M-O-A-I-S. And, and a Moai is basically a group of friends that go through life together, through the ups and the downs. And they're the people that would help their tribe, tribe people, to eat healthy, to de-stress, to help them, motivate them to walk and exercise. And I, mean, I shouldn't say exercise, but walk or, or be active. And I, that brings me to something I've been kind of trying to help my kids understand. And that is, you are the, the average of the five people that you hang out with. I don't know if I've, I've said this on the podcast before, but if you hang out with five people that are obese, eating the wrong foods, not working out or not, or overeating, over drinking, then you're going to be the average of those people. If you hang out with five people that are powerful, have a purpose, are physically active and are really doing things to help change the world, then you'll be the average of those five people. So my recommendation based on this book and based on what I've experienced is find five people or find four people that can encourage you to and push you to do the do the right thing in your health, in your personal life, your spiritual life, your mental health. Because if you hang out with five people that are very depressed, very angry, or very negative, then you're going to be the average of those negative people. So figure out the right tribe, as they say in this book. Community. Community is the eighth thing that they found. And one of the things that they found was that most all of the centenarians in those blue zones had a faith-based community that they belonged to. And it didn't matter what religion they, they were involved in. And this is something we discussed in the episode uh, with uh, Zach Elliott, uh, I think it was episode uh, six, Religion and Longevity, and how that can uh, help uh, populations live long. And that was shown to add four to 14 years of life expectancy in the, the Blue Zone communities. And lastly, the ninth power nine characteristic of the Blue Zone was that they put loved ones first. And I think that's, that's the most important for me. Putting things in order. Successful, and uh, I'm going to quote this in the book because it's that powerful. Successful centenarians in the Blue Zones put their families first. They keep aging parents and grandparents nearby or in the home which also lowers disease and mortality rates of their children. So that is something that I think, if we look at the Blue Zones and we look at the Power Nine, I think, again, another quote from the book uh, was that 
what we discovered or what they discovered is that in, in every blue zone, the path to a long, healthy life comes from creating an environment around yourself, your family, and your community that nudges you into following the right behaviors subtly and relentlessly, just as the blue zones do for their populations. Pretty neat stuff. So that was the power of nine. So what I really uh, found really interesting, and, and I, I listed seven things that I found pretty interesting, was that you know, there are certain foods that we should all be eating. And uh, I, I'm going to go through each blue zone and, and kind of give you the what they found was the top food, or the superfood that these centenarians ate that uh, helped them. And in Icaria, Greece, it was olive oil. In Okinawa, Japan, it was bitter melon. And you can look this, these fruits up, but um, I think bitter melon is something that I've, I've never even eaten before. But uh, Okinawans also eat a lot of sweet potato. In Sardinia, Sardinia, Italy, they drink and eat a lot of goat and sheep milk and cheese, which helps lower LDL cholesterol and it has uh, anti-inflammatory properties as well. In the Adventist community in Loma Linda, California, they eat lots of avocados. In the uh, Nicoya Peninsula in uh, Costa Rica, they they eat mai, mais nixtamal, and it's uh, really their version of the tortilla that uh, they, they eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And one of the things that they do is that they take the corn before they, they make the flour, and they put the corn in lime and water, and then grind the flour, and that supposedly releases, or apparently releases, some of the nutrients in the corn that increases the body's ability to actually absorb this corn. So that's a pretty interesting thing that they do, and it's not something that is usually done in commercially available uh, tortillas in this country. Obviously, there are other foods that uh, they eat in the blue zones, but I can't give you everything in this podcast, so uh, you can find out in the book. The other thing that I learned was that food intake has to be balanced, and that's something that I I kind of kind of had to learn the hard way. About a year and a half, two years ago, I actually started my journey towards a uh, plant-based diet or mostly plant-based diet. And uh, I did add fish to that or seafood. And what I noticed after about a year and a half was I was getting severe reflux. And reflux that would actually last all day and kind of kind of worried me. And I called my, my uh, local gastroenterologist, Dr. Mufta, and he said, oh, Jude, just take some Tums and uh, some Prilosec and take it for six weeks and that should help. And I did that for a couple of days and actually didn't help at all. And I was like, what is going on here? Do I need an upper endoscopy? Do I need a upper GI series? Do I have a, a stricture in my esophagus causing all kinds of stuff, for trouble swallowing with some gas pains? It, it would actually get better with, with soda, ginger ale. And uh, I said, I can't keep doing this for the rest of my life. It's, it's impossible. Then my wife was like, uh, maybe it's your diet. Maybe you're lacking something in, in your diet. And I'm like, ooh, interesting. So I then realized that I was eating a lot of carbs. And although I was calling myself and uh, saying I'm, I'm eating a plant-based diet, I was still eating some pastas and, and lots of rice and, and uh, no meat, no chicken, no eggs. And I think I was lacking some nutrients. So uh, I shifted moved to mainly a uh, plant-based diet, but I added um, I added eggs to that diet, but I also added some kombucha, which uh, introduced some probiotics in my, in my diet, and actually my reflux improved. So I, I think eating a balanced diet 
that has all the nutrients that you need, as it, as it is described in the blue zone, where you know you can eat beans, but if you eat beans and rice, it actually complements each other and actually decreases the glycemic load of the rice when you when you couple it with beans. Very interesting stuff. I think we talked about relationships and how longevity is linked to relationships, and I think that was fascinating to to read about. And another thing they talked about was you know you don't have to say the harabuch. I can't say that word, but the words that the Okinawans say before they eat, and it you know we say grace. Well, at least we try to say grace and before every meal. And I think just being thankful for the meal that you have allows you to pause and reflect on what you're eating, how are you going to eat it, how it's going to nourish your body. And I think that can be linked to longevity as well. Uh, recently, I, I actually signed up uh, for a gym membership, and uh, I am second-guessing that now after reading this book, because it really is not about going to the gym and working out. It's about being active and doing things that are uh, going to keep you moving. And one of the things I do is play soccer at least uh, once or twice a week, and that helps kill two birds with one stone because I'm able to socialize and talk trash with uh, other wannabe soccer players <laughs> or professional soccer players. And so I think it helps me uh, stay active and, and keep my brain functioning at a, at a high level. I think I talked about the beans and how they're superfoods and all the Blue Zones actually consumed a lot of beans. And that's something I did not know. So how can blue zones crop up in the U.S.? Well, th that's already started. And, and with, with the work that the Blue Zone Solutions team is doing, they actually started that in uh, a couple of years ago in, in one of the communities that they started a project where they introduced some of the things that were, that were being done in the blue zones. They introduced them in, into communities in Minnesota. I think one of the, one of the first communities was the Albert Leah community in uh, Minnesota that helped that community improve their life and improved uh, rates of obesity and which in turn will decrease rates of diabetes and decrease rates of hypertension and uh, lead to uh, increase in life expectancy so i think that's uh, that's my next project i think uh, just understanding what we can do in our communities to help our populations live long because i think it's it's through the work that we do in our personal lives and our family lives that we can then translate to our uh, professional lives and, and our lives, the lives of our patients. So I encourage you to read the book, uh, get the book, do the audio book if you can. I don't get anything from from promoting the book, but I just want to I just wanted to share this knowledge that I've got, I've gained from reading it. And hopefully, in the near future, I can have someone from the Blue Zone Solutions Project on the podcast, so I can ask them questions and see where they are in their progress. But I also wanted to share one last thing with you guys, and that is the there is a live longer better vitality test, and it's a test that uh, will that was uh, developed in collaboration with the University of Minnesota School of Public Health, and it essentially calculates your life expectancy and how long you'll stay healthy, and uh, sends you some personalized recommendations. Again, I thought this was pretty neat, and maybe I'll share some of my results with you online. But uh, go ahead and take the test. Uh, I'll leave a sh uh, the link to the test on uh, in the show notes so that uh, you guys can uh, do some homework and see how your current lifestyle will help you live longer or shorter.
So as I said in the beginning, leave a review. Let me know what you think about this episode and any of the other episodes that you've listened to. And if you think this was not too helpful, leave that also. So I know not to ever do a book review again, but uh, hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of the Practice Impossible podcast. And we thank you for listening. And please do share this episode with your friends. Mm -hmm.